February of 1955, the Los Angeles Police Department, um, through the pages of their internally produced magazine, their Beat magazine, uh, had a contest. And they asked for their officers to submit uh, a new motto for the police academy. The conditions of the contest stated that the motto should be one that in a few words would express some or all the ideals to which the Los Angeles Police Service is dedicated. It's possible that the winning motto might someday be adopted as the official motto of the department. The winning motto submitted by Officer Joseph Dorabeck was to protect and to serve. To protect and to serve not only became the official motto of the police academy, but it ended up becoming the official motto of the Los Angeles police force. Um, it, it, and it passed on. Because uh, that, that caught on, and now we see it on, on law enforcement vehicles on, all over the country. And, and that phrase, to protect and to serve, resonates with us. It reminds us uh, of, of those that we call first responders. What that means is when something goes wrong, they're the first people that are there. Um, and, and so... That includes a lot of different folks, not just police. It also includes uh, sheriffs. It includes constables. It includes uh, fire department. It includes EMS services. It, it includes uh, a, a number of, of folks in all different uh, branches. A few weeks ago, we commemorated the, the Twin Towers that were destroyed on 9-11. And you remember that. None of us who were alive then can forget that. And a lot of our youngsters are still learning about it in school today because it had such an impact on our country. One of the stories told about that day is the story of, of Captain Patrick J. Brown of the New York Fire Department, Ladder 3. Captain Brown, known as Patty, and 11 men from Ladder 3 were among the first responders on the scene. Now, these men managed to help more than 25,000 people safely evacuate the building that day. At some point, uh, Patty found a working telephone and used it to give updates from inside the North Tower. He knew there was a fire burning above him. He knew that people were trapped and in danger. The last message that they have from him was to the FDNY dispatcher, and it said, this is three truck, we're headed up. It's believed that he and his men were on the 40th floor of the North Tower when it fell. Captain Brown, if you would have asked him, didn't believe he was doing anything particularly heroic. He was doing his job because he was there for that purpose. He was there to save lives. He was there to protect and to serve. This morning, we're going to try to honor those in our community who are first responders. Now, they don't ask for this, okay? Uh, many of them, I had to twist their arm to get them here um, because they don't like this kind of stuff. That's not why they do it. They're not doing it for the glory. They're not doing it for, for anything other than th this, this desire, this uh, uh, spirit inside of them that makes them feel like uh, uh, feel a need to protect and to serve. We initiated this, though, because the climate that we live in today makes it necessary. Now, I'm not going to get political. Y'all know I hate that. Uh, a few weeks ago, I told you that there's no way you can be racist and be a follower of Jesus. Those two don't go together. And so uh, we weren't, we're not going to cover that ground again. However, part of that movement now is being co-opted by people who want to use that to, to accuse and to denigrate first responders. Now, it's just like any other uh, profession. 
I, I'm sure there are people who made mistakes, and they're probably bad apples. I, I, don't, I know you're going to be shocked to believe this, but in your profession, there are people who make mistakes, and they're bad apples, right? Um, some of you are thinking of them right now. If you're not, it's probably you. Um, no, just kidding. It's a joke. Um, however, we want to publicly affirm that we appreciate these people who put their lives on the line for us every day. We want to publicly proclaim that, that we have a, a, a great deal of respect and a great deal of admiration, not, not simply because of a uniform, but because of protecting and serving. See, protecting and serving is, is a Christian attitude. It's very much a, an attitude shared by Jesus. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he sits down to, to teach, and they hand him the scroll of Isaiah 61. And, and as he ha- holds that, he starts to read it. And he reads that the Lord has anointed him to proclaim good news, to proclaim liberty to captives, to recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed. Now, that basically, if I wanted to condense that down, to protect and to serve. There's a great story in Luke 7 where Jesus is invited to a dinner party. You've heard me tell this one a bunch because it's one of my favorite stories. And, and he's invited to a dinner party at Simon the Pharisee's house. And Simon is trying to trick him. Simon's trying to trap him. And, and he's trying to figure out, is this guy legit? Is he really who he says he is? And so during this meal, there's a woman who's, who's so overcome with her own sin and who she is that, that she's weeping and her tears are flooding Jesus' feet. And everybody's ignoring her. They're just eating away. Nobody said a word about her. This woman is, I mean, we're talking weeping, wailing, snot bubbling, crying. And, and she's, it's very inappropriate. It's very risque. And she takes her hair down and starts to wipe the tears off of his feet. And Simon the Pharisee's head is exploding. Because all he can see is there is no way this woman should be in my house. There is no way this woman should be at my table. If this guy really was who he says he was, then he would know what kind of woman's touching him. And Jesus uses that opportunity to teach Simon a lesson. And he teaches him that those who have been forgiven much, love much. And those who've only been forgiven little, love little. Now here's what I want you to hear though. Because then he turns to the woman after he's talked to Simon. And Jesus says, uh, verse 50 of chapter 7 of Luke. He said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, because we're not Semitic, we're not Jewish people living in that time, we don't get the full, uh, fullness of that idiom. Go in peace is not just peace out. It, it's, it's actually a Jewish idiom that says, my peace be upon you, or take my peace with you. Because what he's saying here is not just see you later. He's saying, she is now covered under my wing. She is covered by my shalom. She is covered by my peace. So when I leave here and you people want to get mad at her and throw rocks at her for violating your laws, you've got to come through me because she's under my protection. Protect and serve. That's not the only time he does this. In Mark 5, there's another story where there's a, a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years, right? And, and she is fighting her way through this crowd. She is, she is pushing and shoving and coming through people just trying to get to a, touch a hem of his garment because she knows if she can just touch Jesus, she will be healed. Now, if all those people that she's touching know who she is, they will know that because of that issue of blood, she is considered ceremonially, ritually, and socially unclean. 
Therefore, everybody who she touches is unclean. And any other time that she would have gone through a crowd like this and touched all these people, they would have took her out and stoned her because she made them all unclean. After she is healed, Jesus says to her, Daughter, which he's in Luke 7, My peace be upon you. You're under my protection. My shalom cover you. Because when I leave here and you people decide, well, she made us unclean, we need to stone her, you've you got to go through me to protect and to serve. See, it's not merely a motto of LAPD or first responders. It, this is a phrase that, that very much is a reflection of Jesus. Because Jesus came to protect and to serve. This morning, we're going to pause for a minute right here because I want to pray over and bless our first responders. Whether you're here physically in person or, or whether you're tuning in digitally, whatever, I, I want you to be blessed this morning. We want to pray over you. We as a church believe that prayer is the work of the church, that, that it is the most important thing we can do. It's more important than any of this stuff we're doing this morning because we are tapping into the power of the Creator. And so that's what we want to do this morning. So I know that a lot of our first responders, you're, you're not going to like this because you don't like the accolades and the, and the stuff, but, but bear with us because this is something that we want to do for you. So this morning, if you are a, a, a first responder, police, sheriff, constable, uh, uh, um, Sam Houston policers, um, any type of first responder, and, and if I left somebody out, if you consider yourself a first responder, I want you all to stand right now. Just go ahead and stand where you are. We'll wait. Thank you. And um, yes, go ahead. I, I want you to remain standing for just a minute because I want to pray over you. And uh, normally we would have people lay hands on you, but we're not going to do that because that's kind of no-no right now. Uh, in the world we live in. So if you are near to these people, I want you to just pray for the person who's closest to you. And uh, you don't have to put your hand on them, but you can, you can uh, pray for them in that way. Um, let's all join together now. If you'll bow with me, let's all join together in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord. We come before you this morning. We glorify you. We praise you, Lord. And we ask your blessings. This morning, we ask your blessings upon each and every one of these men and women. Lord, not just those who are here physically, but those who are joining us online, anybody who sees this broadcast at any time. Lord, those first responders who are putting themselves on the line, who are risking their lives every single day. Lord, we pray your blessings upon them. We pray your protection over them, Lord. We pray that, that you fill them with your spirit, that you give them wisdom, that you give them courage, that you give them strength, that you give them discernment as, as most of the decisions that they make in their line of work are, are split-second decisions that cost lives. Lord, just bless them. Be with them. Watch over them. Protect them. Lord, uh, we, we, we ask you to be, uh, to be in their presence, to be in their midst, to be with them throughout uh, their service and, and both on the clock and off. Lord, we ask your presence. We ask you to be with them, to watch over them. Lord, we, ask, we pray for their families because we know the toll that this takes on families. We ask, Lord, that, that you bless those families and you, you uh, give them uh, 
the, the strength and the courage to, to know that, uh, that you're watching over their loved one as they fulfill their duties. Lord, we ask you this morning in the name of Jesus to, to watch over each one of these people, to bless them, to protect them. And we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In Matthew 25, when Jesus is teaching on the final judgment, the, the, now, the final judgment is a popular topic nowadays, right? You'll hear a lot about rapture, and you'll hear a lot about uh, all, all kind of things. Um, but but uh, he's not talking about as much as that as he's talking about sheep and goats, right? Matthew 25, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels are with Him, He's going to sit on His throne. I'm not going to read through this whole passage of Scripture. You can read this on your own. But, but basically, before Him will be gathered all the nations. And, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He'll place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And the king will say to those on his right, verse 34, Come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison? And the king will answer them, I truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Notice here what Jesus honors. Jesus glorifies here the, those who are blessed by my Father. Who are those who are blessed by my Father? Those who feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, visit the sick, visit the prisoners. Those who minister to the least of these. Now in that, notice what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say you're blessed by what stance you take on whatever cultural topic is the big deal right now. He didn't say, blessed are those who vote for the correct uh, political candidate. He didn't say, blessed are those who attend the right church. He said, blessed are you whenever you do something for the least of these, because whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. Now, that's our first responders, and, and that's what you do. As, as you see uh, police officers and first responders in the news lately, we realize there's a fundamental misconception about what you do. Uh, in society, too many of our people see you as some kind of enforcers who are just prowling around waiting to jump on somebody. When in reality, it's more about protecting and serving. Now because each one of you comes into contact daily with the least of these, it can be hard for you. I understand that. I have a couple of friends. One's a former SWAT commander and the other one's a former chief. And both of their wives will tell you he just hates people because they've seen the worst that people have to offer. We understand that. And we understand that that makes it tough. I'm here to tell you this morning that, that while you see the worst of humanity, you're also on the front lines ministering to the least of these. See, when you're transporting that little boy for CPS who's been beaten and abused and is being removed from his home, you're transporting Jesus. When you're taking that, that addict that has gotten so low in his life that he found no way to deal with the world except through a needle, and you're transporting him to that hospital, you're transporting 
Jesus. When you're intervening in a domestic disturbance, you are counseling with Jesus. When you're, when you're helping, uh, uh, helping to, to soothe the elderly woman whose home was burglarized and, and give her peace and comfort and strength, you are soothing Jesus. Whatever you did for the least of these, you did for Jesus. Now, I hope people now will see you as those who protect and serve. I hope that people will see you as, as those who are actively serving the least of these. I, I hope that people will look at you and see what they should see when they look at the church. Because our missions are not that much different. This is what we should be about. Our business as a church is not the legislation of the United States of America. Our business as a church is not to be the morality and purity police for our neighbors. Our business is not judging who is or is not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Our business is the least of these. That's what we're supposed to be about. The church in the New Testament in the first century that we strive to restore was all about ministering to the least of these. We are to be people of first responders. This morning, I want to ask you once again to stand. One more time. I promise last No way uh, is, is worth the sacrifice that you make and the things that you do. But uh, we do want to give you a token and just say, hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate what you do. We appreciate who you are. And we appreciate the sacrifices that you make. This morning, we're honoring our first responders for their service. We're honoring you because you inspire us to do what we are called to do by our Lord. We honor you because you protect. If, if you serve in any capacity, if we, can, if, if we can help you in any way, whether you're, you're here or online, if, if we can help you by uh, helping you put on Jesus in baptism, if we can lift you up in prayer, if we can walk beside you through whatever darkness you're struggling with, that's what we want to be about. We're going to sing a song right now. We're all going to stand together. And, and as we sing this song, uh, if there's something we can do for you, I encourage you to come down here. Let us pray with you. Let us walk with you. And it, uh, again,